0: Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now, here's your host, Annette Stevenson. 2020
1: has been a year full of immense challenges from the COVID 19 pandemic to social unrest across the country and around the world, and a contested presidential election. Many individuals have been dealing with feelings of depression about current circumstances and anxiety about the unknown. In addition to dealing with their own circumstances, school leaders are tasked with making decisions that impact the over 1.7 million public school students in Pennsylvania. The weight of these decisions is challenging to cope with, to say the least, and having the right support resources is vital during this time. Today, we are joined by Dana Guerrero, a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist. You may recognize Dana from the PSBA keynote webinar series. We are excited to reconnect with her again to learn about coping strategies and to hear her insights into the challenges of today's climate. Thanks for joining us, Dana.
0: Thank you so much, Annette, for having me.
1: So let's start by, if we could, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you work with individuals?
0: Sure. So by trade, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and um, I have a family studies background. I studied in this good old state of Pennsylvania for four years in Mechanicsburg, and then I got my graduate degree, my MSW from NYU. So NYU has a Very clinical program in social work. So I was really trained from the beginning to be a therapist, which is what I always knew that I wanted to be. We were trained in object relations theory, it's basically like a psychodynamic approach. Mm. Um, Understanding a person within the context of their relationships and their environment. So I'm also, my social work career started in medicine. So I was a medical social worker. Then I veered away. I always kept a private practice, but I moved into administration. So I was actually a hospital administrator Mm. for years. And I had, I was the first non-nursing medical unit director. So I had a staff of 125. It was a telemetry unit, a heart monitor unit. So even though my love and my joy is in as a clinical therapist, I also have experience with systems and managing in large organizations. So Mm -hmm. it's an interesting blend.
1: Yeah. And how do you work with individuals? What kinds of areas or, or why do folks come to you?
0: So I work with uh, individuals, couples, and families. I work mostly um, now with older adolescents. So I used to work with children, but now in the last 10 years, I work basically with older adolescents. I'm also a meditation instructor and a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. So the way I work has changed over time. It's traditional psychotherapy, but I do work with people in terms of emotional regulation and looking at, I'm particularly interested in their emotional responses to situations. And so in the last few years, I've really worked with people on regulating emotional responses to their circumstances, to the the way they listen to people, the way they function in their job, the way they respond to crisis, how to basically, yes, reflect on the past and how we got there but also really radically staying in the present Mm. and working with skills on emotional management in the present, not knowing that I'd be working with people in a pandemic, (laughs) right, who are radically, yes, radically needing to stay in the present Mm -hmm. morning, noon, evening. How are we managing our morning, our noon, and our evening?
1: I mean, so much of what you just said applies <laughs> directly to what folks are you know, living through right now. So I'm sure your support couldn't be more needed. Anxiety, stress, uncertainty, depression, these are all emotions and states of mind that many people, most people are probably experiencing in some degree and some in a very heightened way this year with all of the challenges there may be times when people need to bring that their stress level down. But in the case of depressive states, there might be a time when they need to actually bring their energy level up. So can you talk to us a little bit about some ways that people can address both sides of those kind of range of feelings?
0: Absolutely. So there's something that we call a mixed state, when we're trying to describe someone's mental health. And what I'm what I'm finding is that, folks aren't necessarily struggling with anxiety or depression. Mm -hmm. They're actually experiencing both, right? So for example, sometimes waking up in the morning, you may love your job. You may have always loved your job. You may always love your family. You may may have always loved yourself and getting up in the morning, but people are feeling at times like a sense of dread and heaviness, literally getting up in the morning, like opening their eyes and just having that sense of, oh, you know, I got to do this again. And then on the flip side, trying to go to sleep, like, you know, the mind just can't shut down Mm -hmm. reviewing the day. Did I do everything I could? Did I make the right decisions? You know, what about tomorrow? Who's going to be minding, you know, the family who's everyone's working from a different room. And, you know, so there's this like managing, the heaviness and the weightiness and also trying to take the brain down. Mm -hmm. So what I'm practicing myself and asking people to consider is literally when they're in bed to have like a little teeny morning routine where you place one hand on your chest Mm -hmm. and one hand on your belly and you just Mm -hmm. spend maybe five breaths breathing in and breathing out. And literally saying to yourself, today is going to be okay. Like you wake up in the morning and just actually tell yourself, like, it's going to be okay. You got through yesterday. You got through the day before. And you can get through today too. Mm -hmm. The sun has risen. And just literally taking those breaths to try to kind of uh, gently and beautifully ignite yourself in the day.
1: Mm -hmm. And then
0: on the flip end, when you're up and you're racing and everything's, you know, give yourself a time limit. You know, if after a few minutes there's still some racing, I would actually say, grab your pillow and get on the floor. Now, this sounds silly, but like if you're working, you have to get up in the morning. So you have to get to sleep at night. We don't have the leisure. Like Mm -hmm. my work day starts at 645. I have people that see me before work. Mm -hmm. So- If you're having trouble getting to sleep, grab your pillow, get on the floor and pop a pillow underneath your knees. So you get the flatness on your back, a different sensory feeling Mm -hmm. and literally hand on heart and hand on belly. Mm -hmm. And just do a self calming practice of breathing in and breathing out and tell yourself the day is over. The day is done. Like it's coming to a close now. Mm -hmm. We'll think about it tomorrow. Right. So it's kind of, bringing yourself up and getting yourself to settle down at night. So those are like two, like very, very basics. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're having a hard time rousing and facing the day in a calm way and bringing yourself down at night.
1: And it sounds simple, but I imagine it just serves as sort of a mental reminder um, of, of what you just expressed, you know, the day is over, just a little bit of like that mental reminder,
0: you know, Absolutely. If my lights, if my brain lights don't go out by eleven thirty, I'm on the floor. Yeah, because it could go on till twelve thirty, right? So I just get on the floor. I grab a sweatshirt or a blanket, pop on the floor because it's triggering. Like the day is done, you Mm -hmm. know.
1: And even the ritual side of that, in other words, the repetitive side of that, you know, I I imagine that kind of kicks into place. So looking at the school and education community, and certainly there's a lot of uh, challenging scenarios in in the school community right now. School leaders and administrators are making decisions that impact so much more than themselves, and and they're accustomed to that, Um, but they are dealing with brand new challenges never faced before. With so many unknowns in the world, uh, self-doubt can certainly creep in, even to the most certain individuals, most confident decision-makers, that self-doubt may creep in um, when making such impactful decisions. Are there any ways that uh, these folks can combat self-doubt in decision-making? And not just school leaders, but really you know, anyone in that decision-making seat, how can they combat that kind of doubt that creeps in?
0: So I think that anyone who's in the position of critical decision-making, and, and right now it's everyone, we are in a position of critical decision-making. For example, my daughter's coming home from college and mm. she lives in the part of the country that is not well quarantined. Mm. I would say she just lives differently than I am in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. So I know that as she returns to our home in, two, in a week and a half, we are going to have to make very different critical decisions. I don't even know exactly what they'll be. But even even as far as like, our comings and goings. So everyone is a critical decision maker right now even you know children. That's true. Um, and how we're going to social distance. So when you have the responsibility to make decisions over many people and mm-hmm. Different districts are making different decisions, right? Different, you know, we have two school districts in our little, in my our small town. Mm-hmm. Our elementary is under one district. Our middle school and high school has another whole district. Sometimes their days off are different. You know, mm-hmm. their half days are different than their full days. Mm-hmm. So everyone's making decisions from top mm-hmm. to bottom that they're being questioned either by themselves, by those around them, by parents by, you know, um, and so there's always room to second guess your decisions. I would say just to know if you're making, if you've made a critical decision and you haven't gotten good feedback on it, and I'm sure people can relate to this, and maybe even yourself you reflect that, Mm -hmm. okay, I don't know if I'd make that next time or we need to release it and change it up next time. Mm -hmm. The biggest practice is literally self-forgiveness, like saying, okay, Mm -hmm. I worked with all the variables. I made the best decision with all of the information that I had at that time. And now I have different information. I will act differently. Mm -hmm. And even in the acting differently, second time around, you may reflect, Mm -hmm. okay, let's review the tapes. This is the feedback I got. I still stand by this, or I'm open to changing this so practicing flexibility of mind but also standing firm once you do make a decision
1: Mm -hmm. the wavering
0: you know that's the up at night wavering yeah you got to make the decision review it reflect stand by it but then have the flexibility if you can to change it up next time
1: it makes a ton of sense so as a person in a role where you help others, you can empathize with the desire to affect change and be solutions oriented. What would you tell leaders or school leaders, any leaders that as you said, everyone is making critical decisions right now, those who are coping with that kind of hanging in the balance of either not having a solution per se, or receiving criticism for the decision or solutions that that they present. How do you advise on
0: that? So is kind of on the heels of what. Um what I what I was just talking about. I I personally have my go to people. So I have I have some go to people that I've never even seen before. Mm. That I I just talk to who are not. I always say not in my Jerusalem. They're not in my little community. Mm. And so I I love that because I can run scenarios by these folks. They can speak to my work um, in a very kind of Constructively critical way. I respect their opinion, and yet I don't have to interface with them or answer to them necessarily. So um, I'd say it is important to have some go to people and some go to people that are in your world and some go to people that are maybe outside of your world that you respect. So they're not in your everyday. Mm -hmm. And and kind of get that if you're if you're making big decisions, kind of get that accountability. Okay, let me write. I always say let me run the play by you, and there are people that call me and do the same. Okay, I have a case to run past you. I have a, have a decision to make. Okay, run it. Let's see. Let's 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 flow with it. So have trusted folks, um, also. Like I said, sometimes you just have to like stand by. I made the best decision at the time with the, with the information that I had at the time. And, um, and I am dedicated to reviewing my decisions and critiquing them and expanding them or modifying them. So mm-hmm. like having the humility. And criticism goes with leadership, you know? Right. Like we cannot make everyone happy all the time, including ourselves. It's, it's really hard to stomach be, right now, the criticism, because it is, you know, a lot is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I just spoke with you a few weeks ago to set up this call, like we were in the height of the election, right? You know, it's just, we will not make people happy all the time right. and including ourselves. And we just have to like get used to that and um, feel comfortable with that and also have a certain amount of humility to always look at and review what we're doing, why we're doing it, who we're doing it for, mm-hmm. and to like humbly rework it if we feel that we're going in a direction that we're not right or we need to stand up for something. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope that answers your question.
1: It does. Um, So I think that go-to, you know, your go-to sources, that's important to remember that you're not making decisions all by yourself or required to make decisions without input. So I want to ask you to talk a little bit about self-care. So whether, you know, our, our members are school leaders, but this really pertains to everyone. Uh, often life is busy and right now is very busy and whatever the individual, there might be lots of things going on in their life right now, whether it's dealing with other children doing remote learning at home and they're having to be a teacher and they're having to also do their own job and, you know, lots of different circumstances. But we know that self-care is so important. Sometimes it's hard to make that time to think of ourselves how can someone know when they need that connectedness, when they need to take that time for themselves? I mean, obviously sometimes it's apparent, you feel it, right? When it's less apparent and you might just be charging ahead, taking care of business, what are some reminders that you might tell people to kind of take that time and how to kind of tune into the fact that they need that time?
0: Okay, so the the one question that I ask um myself and I even ask my kids Mm -hmm. is how am I doing so when I when I'm kind of there in the morning and Mm -hmm. I'm doing the hand on my belly and hand on my heart I actually tune in and I say how am I doing and sometimes I say you know what do not have caffeinated coffee this morning like (laughs) no Like, it's going to be decaf. Like, I did that this morning before this call. How am I doing? I'm doing great. But if I have that cup before I talk to Annette, it's going to put me (laughs) over the edge. So don't do it. Right? So to literally ask yourself, how am I doing? And I even ask my kids that. I just, you know, like, I'm not going to ask my kids how I'm doing. Are you kidding me? No. Actually say, you know, hey, kids, I have never been in a global pandemic before. And I've never parented you through this. Like, how's it going?
1: Yeah, <laughs> are we doing okay here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I love
0: it. Like, how am I doing? Yes, it's yeah. it's and it actually is like funny, but it's really true. So, a big thing is like checking in. Another thing, Annette, if I could just kind of go over the list. So the PSBA website has actually some good information if you look under the resources for mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking under like like how to avoid burnout, right, Mm -hmm. before I got on the call. And I was like, yeah, these are the things that we say to everyone. Look at your sleeping patterns, your eating habits, vary your work light exercise, do something pleasurable, self-talk. What I'm finding is people are shutting down and they do not want to add, they cannot add one more thing. Like Mm -hmm. exercise, do Pilates on your bedroom floor. Like no. So what I'm saying to people is if you shower, and some of us do, take your shower time and just take your shampoo time and close your eyes and drop your chin to your chest so that the water doesn't go up your nose And just rub your head and breathe. Mm -hmm. Rub your scalp really well. Rub your neck really well. Get into your shoulders. Reach down and touch your toes. Let the water bounce off your shoulders and your back. Try to take a breath or two through your mouth if the water doesn't go into your mouth. Like Mm -hmm. Actually use your shower time as a de-stressing event Mm -hmm. because you're going to do it anyway. Um, you may notice that your kids are in the the showers longer. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I tell kids like use that time to decompress. You know, people are not running as much. Runners aren't running. Yoga yogis aren't yogiing. Yeah. Pilates people aren't pilating. Weightlifters aren't lifting weight. You know.
1: Yeah. And it's hard. You know, I think you mentioned some of those various uh, areas of fitness that people might have tapped into previously. And sometimes it's hard to replicate that in their home environment, or we just don't, because as you say, it's like adding one additional thing to the day just doesn't seem achievable, you know, doesn't seem viable. So you're kind of borrowing on some time there, which is a great, great suggestion. So what techniques or practices would you offer to someone when they are overwhelmed, overwhelmed by emotions or their circumstances or whatever, just feelings of being overwhelmed? are there some techniques or practices that you could suggest?
0: Yes. So again, in in the spirit of being realistic, so Annette, I'm a marathon runner and I run for many years and I usually have like a race or an event that I'm training for. As I get older, it's like half marathons and Mm -hmm. 10Ks and all that. And and i used to run with friends and so it would like keep me on the road it would keep me social it would keep me doing it and at the only place i run to right now is the refrigerator yes. Uh, yes. i run very quickly <laughs> i run there and back <laughs> i run to the bathroom in between my phone calls yeah. uh, and so if I, as a very motivated person, cannot even get myself, I even bought new sneakers, haven't used them. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot get myself to like do the things that I used to do. But the one thing that I'm promising myself to do is to walk. Mm. So I would say that if you're overwhelmed or if you're not, try everything that you can do to just, even if it's walking up your driveway or walking, pacing in your house on a phone call, I would say if you're overwhelmed, get outside, bundle up and get outside and breathe some fresh air and try to just tune in to where am I and what do I need? Mm -hmm. Like, do I need to talk to someone professionally? Do I need to reach out to someone who doesn't who is not in my everyday to say that I'm sinking? Mm-hmm. Um, who is it that I can maybe text or email or connect to? Um, you know, I know sometimes social media is like, you no, know, too much social media, but sometimes people find like Instagram relaxing. Mm-hmm. You can look up things on Instagram like, how can I relax and breathe with somebody who's breathing? YouTube, how to take some breaths. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and kind of like do that. And in fact, before we close here, I'd like to just do a little breathing exercise with mm-hmm. you um, that is a coping strategy mm-hmm. for, um, for calming down. But I would say at the very least, get out and walk and ask again, how am I doing and what do I need? The other thing that I'm trying to do is like hugs, like the people that were allowed to hug, like mm-hmm. hug them. Mm-hmm. Um, touch them squeeze their shoulder say you're doing a great job text awesome job amazing mm-hmm. you know use all of your euphemisms all of your you know positive statements say them to each other thumbs up like constant I mean positive affirmation is so huge right now mm-hmm. and um, physical touch to the people that we are able to touch
1: Yeah, that's such a salient point. If they're, you know, for sure, out of all of this, this odd situation that we're all in where we're not having contact with the amount of people that we would typically have contact, whether it be family members that you would hug or just people that you would normally be talking with face to face or shaking hands or, you know, and all of that has just been eliminated for this weird extended period of time. So certainly those we're able to, you know, do that with, that's hugely, hugely essential not to lose sight of that, you know? Yeah. So I think you mentioned um, a tactic that we, we, we might actually be able to try here. And yeah. um, I'd love to know what that is.
0: Yes. Okay. So I'm just going to do some breathing with you to, um, to account. Okay. Okay. So in a comfortable position in your um, chair, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're in your chair. Mm-hmm. And I have a little singing bowl, so I'm going to start our practice with a little gong through our singing bowl. So take a deep breath in for a moment. And we'll let our teaching begin. Okay, so from here, you can either close your eyes or keep them at a half gaze, keep them all open. We're going to inhale to a count of four. We're going to hold our breath just for a count of one, and exhale to a count of six. And as we do this, Annette, I'd like you to think of the waves of the ocean rushing up onto the shoreline, swirling around at the top, a little foamy, and then going back into the water, okay? So let us begin. Inhale, two, three, four, Retain the breath, let it swirl, and then exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, fill your belly, two, three, four. Retain the breath like the waves on the shore, and then exhale, release, two, three, four, five. Six, on six, bring your navel into your spine to exhale. Inhale, fill your belly. Two, three, four, retain the breath at the top. And exhale, two, three, four, five. Navel to spine to let the breath out. Inhale, last time, expand the chest and the belly. Four, hold it, the count, and exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Come back to your natural breath. One last thing I want to do with you. Open your eyes, look around the room. Just notice the shapes and the colors around the room. And then just for a moment, close your eyes and just feel, feel your body in space and open your eyes,
1: okay. Thank you, thank you very much. I think that's very achievable in most people's day that really brings a little bit of centeredness, you know? Absolutely. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you, Dana. I think um, you've offered up some, uh, not only just great perspective on things, but given some real takeaways to our audience. Uh, So I really appreciate all that you gave to us today.
0: Thank you so much, Annette. It was so good to be with you and and to meet you and even putting this activity together. It was really nice.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Dana. Take care. Keystone Education Radio is a production of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. This episode is brought to you in part by CM Region Insurance Company and Baker Cleaning Solutions. Visit our website at keyedradio.org for more information on this episode or past topics. Subscribe, share, and follow us on social media so you can stay tuned to new topics and interviews as they arise. This is Annette Stevenson saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio.
0: The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.